MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights. Speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward, don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thanks so much for listening. Big show this week. We've got two guests in honor of WrestleMania week. We have the publisher and editor of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer, to break down all things WrestleMania. Spoilers ahead. We also talk about the John Oliver segment, uh, touch on WWE going to Fox in a few months. So for all the wrestling fans out there, You'll get Dave Meltzer in a little bit. We kick off the show, though, with an interview with Taylor Rooks from Bleacher Report. Taylor is starting a new show for Bleacher Report, an interview show. And we talk to her about her career, the show, and uh, being one of the fresh faces in sports media. Before we get to Taylor, let me just tell you in the archives there, we've got Darren Rovell from last week. If you are into sports betting, that was a great interview. Uh, I, I actually got so much feedback from people who don't like Darren on Twitter saying it was a good podcast because of he was on his game and there was a lot of good sports betting talk. So we have Rovell in the archives, and since it's WrestleMania week, we have Roman Reigns in the archives. So check those out as well, and please hit the subscribe button if you can. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all of those. You can listen to the SI Media podcast. Let's get going with this edition. You're going to hear from Taylor Rooks first from Bleach Report, then Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter right here on the SI Media podcast. Here we go with Taylor Rooks. All right, joining me now on the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast, one of the up-and-coming, star- rising stars is what they say in sports media, Bleach Report's Taylor Rooks, who has a new show coming up on Bleach Report. Taylor, how are you? I'm fantastic, especially after that nice intro. Well, how, how is that? <laughs> now, I was going to say, how is that when you Google yourself and you see rising star? But you might say you don't Google yourself, but I feel like we all Google ourselves in this business. Yeah. When well, I first started, Googling was like the thing. I'm like, right. what are people saying today? Now, honestly, I try my best not to do, you do? that. Yeah. Because nothing good ever comes out of Googling yourself. Now, when people are talking about the show, I want to see the articles that right, people right, right. put out. Um, but I can genuinely say I consciously tried not to google myself i worked 
here at SI for 13 years. I left. I went to Fox Sports, made a huge mistake that I regret every day of my life. Worked there for like two and a half years, got laid off, came back to Sports Illustrated. But when I, so when, once I got laid off, every time I Googled myself, the top thing was awful announcing, as, you know, Jimmy Trainer laid off from Fox Sports. And like, then I started SI and I would Google myself, like, can this get off the page now? I think it just like finally got <laughs> off the like, front page. You're like, can I pay Google? Yes. <laughs> I think it finally got off the front page like a couple of months ago. Thank yeah. God. So, but when you are Googled, rising star always comes up. How does that feel? It's really nice. Oh. Um, I, I think that that's probably like the best compliment that you can ever get is just to be recognized for the progress that you're making within the industry and what you're trying to do and the stories you're trying to tell. So I definitely like to see that. But I'm the per I'm a person like my friends call it destination addiction. Like right. I'm always thinking like that next thing is going to be like the best thing and I'm ready for people to Google and see that, you yeah. know, but it's very nice to see what what's up there right so now. Taylor has a new show that will be on Bleacher Report's digital platform. Is that is am I saying that correct? You are. And and social media. Mm -hmm. And it's called Take It There with Taylor Rooks and it debuts April 3rd, so you're either going to hear this on the day it debuts or a day or two after so you can check it out. Tell us about the show and it, what's going on in the first episode, especially. Yeah, so the show, it is an interview show. Right. Every episode, it'll be one athlete or entertainer or a public figure, whoever it may be, and we sit down with them, and what you're going to see is like just the interview. It's not about segments. It's not about gimmicks. It's about two people having a conversation and talking to each other. The right. um, first episode is Jimmy Butler. Nice. Uh, yeah, so he, he was really, really good. One of the really unique things about the show, though, is they invite us into their home usually. So we're interviewing Jimmy Butler in his home in Philadelphia, you know, an environment that's nice for him where yeah. he's comfortable. Um, and all of his friends are there. So you're really seeing what Jimmy's every day is like when he's not playing basketball. Um, in each episode, we also do something that... It's called A Slice of Life, so something they'd be doing whether we were there or not. Okay. So in Jimmy's episode, we play spades with him and his friends, and it weaves throughout the episode, which I think is really nice. Right. Um, and then we also have slated Saquon Barkley's an episode, Damian Lillard's an episode, uh, Rudy Gobert, Elena Deladon, um, some other people we can't tell you because mm. it's a surprise. How, <laughs> how much input... If it's, it could be everything or a little, do you have in the booking? Is are the you know was it your idea to have Jimmy Butler first episode? Yeah. or someone producing that and giving you that pitch. What's, I what's... have a lot of input into like everything about. It. I'm kind of a control freak and I'm trying to get. But better that's good. At that. You got to be. You have <laughs> yeah, to. If you're doing yeah. an interview show, you have to be for sure. You have for to sure. Um, so it's it's definitely a team effort between me and the booking staff. But I said you know I feel like Jimmy would be a good number one. He's a star. Yeah. There's a lot of storylines around him. And then. We're also trying to think of events that are coming. Like, we want Damian Lillard to maybe be number two because playoffs are starting. Saquon right. Barkley, number three, because NFL draft, you know. So it's, you know, there's moving parts all the time, but I am very involved in who we book and what we do with that guest. What, when you're doing an interview, what do you want to get out of it? Yeah. I want to get out of it the same thing that I would want to get out of any conversation. Like, I really don't even go into it like, okay, I'm interviewing this person. I want them to say this and get them to say this. Because I realize that, like, news comes from just organic conversation. Right. But, like, when you make that person feel like they're being interviewed and they have to be on, you're never going to get from them, like, what you want to get from them. Okay, Like, I talk to them like I would talk to, like my friends right um and for me that's worked and we've gotten really good information that way it's interesting with athletes because i i feel there's only a small percentage i think who are good interviews True. because you know they have teams that don't want them to say anything they have pr mm -hmm. people that don't want them to say anything so i think you said something really smart there about the news usually comes from something organic 
They know when you're trying to get them to say something inflammatory. And then you get the standard answers and then it's a boring interview. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a really great approach to it. Yeah, I remember. So I decided to start a podcast and I started it maybe. I had two episodes done before I went to S&Y. Right. But when I got to New York, I was like, I want to restart the podcast because it was just a really fun vehicle for me. So we had Victor Cruz on as the first episode. And this was after the trip to Miami and the boat picture that was all the talk in New York. And so I'm thinking, you know, I would love for someone to talk about Miami because nobody has, but not in like a defamatory way. I just want them to say what happened. So Victor comes on the show and it was before the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl was in Houston that year. And I said, um, so you're going to Houston for the Super Bowl. I was like, I've never been to Houston. I was like, and I've also never been to Miami. Yeah, but good. I know you've been to Miami. And so then he's like, goes to what Miami was like, and then it wasn't worth it. And then like that became new just because we were talking about Miami. It wasn't like, why did you go to Miami right, right, right before? Because right. your your guard is already mm. up. And I just like never want someone's guard to be up yeah. when we're doing an interview. You So you you worked at SNY, which is a local sports station here in New York. The mm-hmm. Mets are on it. Um, and your podcast there, and forgive me because I, I have a terrible memory, but yeah. I do know that you had multiple episodes that ended mm-hmm. up getting big news out of them, mm-hmm. from what I remember. Yeah. So that, uh, and you know, for local, you know, obviously it wasn't a national network at that time. Now you're at Bleacher, which is national. Mm-hmm. For you know, if, to do that on the local level is is impressive for Thank sure. Thank you so yeah, much, yeah, yeah. and I'm I'm so thankful to everybody at SNY, like yeah. just allowing me to have a platform and giving me just like creative control to do what I wanted with the podcast and people coming in whenever I had an episode. Like SNY was great; they were so flexible, and I wouldn't have so many of the opportunities that I have now if it wasn't for them believing in that vision that yeah. I had then. Um, so SNY was great, and the podcast was one of my favorite things that I've, I've done so you i know you've worked at cbs sports network yeah. mm-hmm. big, i did sideline for them big 10 network yeah sny and now bleacher was mm-hmm. so i mean to have to even have those four things on your resume already is is pretty wild oh, thank um you. when did you know this is what you wanted to do and get involved in sports media yeah you know i always knew i wanted to do something involved with like media and just everyone in my family is like we're just a sports family i'm from georgia we're a football family really mainly but um it's just what i've grown up around and so falcons fan always and please don't bring it up yeah okay (laughs) don't bring up the score (laughs) everyone loves to do that every time i say i i have to say i i I, I, as someone who's like done an internet column for like 15 years, I, I am a little surprised it still comes up and I shouldn't be, but my God, they Anytime still they bust it. out those 328 jokes like there's no tomorrow still. Anytime I say it, yeah. I'm like, so yeah. I, I love it how has I not, asked it has not, not died to say at, it and then we started talking about yeah. it. <laughs> it has not died at all. It has not died it is at all. Not, and I don't know if it ever will. I don't, I'm, which I'm at is the point really where I don't upsetting. think so. Yeah, which is very upsetting as a Falcons fan. But yeah. um, yes, grew up in a sports family and I... I always love talking to people. And then I'd probably say it was maybe 10th or 11th grade. I said, what if I was just like a sports journalist? And it was all that I would talk about. Like one day I want my own show and I want to be interviewing all these people. Um, and it's funny, like at my high school graduation, our class president like gave a speech. And in the speech, she was talking about different people. And she goes, and one day Taylor Rooks will have her own show. And so like she like messaged me after I said that I was having this job. She's like, I said this in our speech. It's really cute moment. But um. I guess I've known for a while, like since yeah. I was a, a teenager. And was it just, I, I mean, obviously you're very affable. You can obviously do the conversation thing very well. Were you a natural from the beginning? Did you uh, yeah. did you have to practice it maybe 
finding like an interview for sure. form or mm-hmm. you were just a natural and you were able to chat with anybody? Well, I love talking, like annoyingly yeah. so. So the talking definitely <laughs> came easy. I was that annoying kid that asked like 80 questions yeah. all the time. Um, but there's definitely people like I would watch and see how they're interviewed and I like their different styles. I know everybody says Oprah, but I loved watching Oprah. Right. Like that's what me and my mom did every day when I got home from school, we watched Oprah. Right. Um not a bad role model. Yeah, definitely. She's not done a all right. Model. Yeah, she's she's been okay, yeah, you know. She's done all right. Yeah. So but it's funny because I look back on stuff I did when I was in college and even stuff that I did at the Big Ten Network and you're like why did anyone hire me? Like, my voice is terrible. My questions are uh, terrible. The way I sound is terrible. But, uh, so, like, I'm always getting better. Every single day, I'm like, I need to fix this and I need to get better at, right. at that in time. Um, but that's kind of a part of it is, like, yeah. growth. But I have so many things I want to improve on. How do you get the Big Ten job? That was your first job? Yeah. How, did Was there a crazy story there? Was it just something you applied and did... Um, I don't do video. What's the word when you do the video? Like a real? Audition. Audition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, real, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when I was in college, my sophomore year, I started working with Fox Sports and Scout.com. And just through that, I would always put my clips online, and I would always be at every Illinois basketball and football game. So I'd see big to network people all of the time. Okay. Um, And so once they just asked me, hey, will you do sideline for like an Iowa game? So I go to Iowa, and I did sideline for them for their spring game. And then my senior year rolls around, I was doing stuff with them periodically throughout college, still working for FoxSportsAndScout.com. But senior year comes around, I graduate. I have no job. I have sent my reel to like every local station in the United yeah. States. Like, but I have no job. And so me and my friends, before I was going to move back down to Georgia and figure it out, we decided to go to a Drake concert. On the way back from the Drake concert, my phone rings. And it's the Big Ten Network. And they're like, hey we are thinking about having like a correspondent that is on the show every single day and we'd love for it to be you. I'm going to move back to Georgia literally in like three days. <laughs> like everything's packed up. Right, right. So I'm like freaking out because I think I'm going to have no job. I obviously say yes. I moved to Chicago and like two days after that and then I was at the Big Ten Network for, for two years. But that's when like when college students are talking to me, I'm always like, I did not know what I was doing. Right. I did not know until So what 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 do you think made them give you that call? Just Well so from your real Yeah. They so they saw me working with them throughout the year. Yeah. But then they just they realized like we need to do something with social media and like do something that caters to younger people. Like people don't like to say that a lot of it's luck, but that was literally luck. I listen, I don't I don't if you're in sports media and you don't think luck's a little bit of a factor, you're nuts. Or a huge factor. I mean there's listen, there's obviously different degrees of it mm-hmm. and i think you know i'd like to think that talented people usually can maybe find a way but mm-hmm. there's so much politics involved obviously yeah. and you know being a woman there's that whole mm-hmm. thing going on which has become a bigger thing in the last few years to get yeah. more women involved in sports media which a lot of companies at least seem like they're trying to do i don't know how, if you agree or if you think it's needs to be much better or yeah they're on the right track but i also think and we'll get to that but in, in addition to luck i've i've said this since the day I started working at SI, when people say, like, how do you get a job in sports media? And I always say this. I think who you know is maybe more important than what you know, too. It's so mm-hmm. much of just this person likes you, that person likes you. I mean, yeah. you have to have some ability. I'm not saying, you know, you could be a complete hack. But mm-hmm. who you know is a huge part of it. Whenever I'm, in, I'm like, there's sure. many internships. Just do whatever you can. And Yeah, because it's like, what if I just didn't go to that one game where I met Quentin Carter, who exact- was a big to network? You right. know, like... 
it, there's just so many things. What if I graduated a year earlier, a year later, and they weren't looking for that position? Like, there's just so many things that could have happened. And yeah. I mean, I have full confidence I eventually could have gotten to places I wanted to go, but it probably wouldn't have happened the way it did, yeah. or maybe as quickly as it did. Like, so much of it is luck, but you also have to be very prepared and ready when that luck and that opportunity presents itself, right. um, which I think is really the key thing. Now, is the, so with Big Ten Network, you did sideline and with CBS, then SNY, I know you hosted and you had the podcast, mm-hmm. and now at Bleacher, you're doing an interview show. Yeah. Um, I don't want to ask you feel like an interview show more than hosting a sideline because now you're doing the interview show. But it but was, I also genuinely do. What, okay. Yeah. So was the ultimate goal always to do an yes. interview show? Okay. 100%. The sideline report, you not your thing? No. Okay. Like talking to people is my thing and like it always has been. Yeah. Like the what I wanted throughout like media and journalism has changed throughout time. Like when I was right. at the Big Ten Network, I'm like, this is the best job ever. Yeah. I want to stay doing this forever. I love being on the show. And I did like being on the show, but I reached a point where I realized like I didn't want to just be on a show for like two minutes at a time talking about social media, which right. is like great, but it just wasn't for me. Right. So I said, okay, I want to move to SNY where I'd be anchoring and hosting and reporting. Love SNY. I love everyone at SNY. I'm so thankful to them. I wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't for them. When you took the job at SNY, mm-hmm. was that your first time living in New York, I would assume? Yes. Now, and I almost said no because of that. I was going to say, now, yeah. give me like the Georgia yeah. woman now moves to yeah. New York. <laughs> what was that like for you? Because well, luckily- Some people can't handle it and some people thrive on for it. For sure. So it- luckily, I went to the University of Illinois. So I was in Chicago periodically throughout my time in, in college. And then going from like Georgia to Chicago to New York was much easier than going Georgia to New Right. York. Good progression. But I always thought I hated New York. Like I did not want to take the job at SNY. I'm like all these lights and people. Yeah, yeah. But you really can make New York small. And I realized that yeah. uh, very early. But I, I seriously like I remember being like, I don't know if I want to live in New York. It's not for me. Like I could just stay in Chicago. But I didn't want comfort to be a reason I stayed at a place mm-hmm. like not moving to New York just because I thought there's too many people would be like so stupid. It's got to be. <laughs> but if, I was close. If you are if you aren't from here. In New York, you know, you would think someone offers you a TV job and it's just like a layup. Like you take it. You got it. Like you don't turn down TV in New York if you're trying to get in this business. But this city can be rough for some people. So it's not like the automatic that I think a lot of people might think it is. For sure. No, I thought I thought about it for a while. I really had to say, like, you know. Is this the right place? And like, what do you want to be in this business? And like, right. who do you want to be in this business? And what's going to be the best thing? Like, I was talking to Mike Hall, who works at the Big Ten Network, mm-hmm. yeah. when I was thinking of taking the job. And he said, okay, if you take money and ego out of the equation, which place will you be better at in two years? And I was like, it's SNY. Right. And that's what really made me say, like, I'm going to take, I'm going to move to New York yeah. and I'm going to figure it out. Um, but like I said, people have this like misconception that New York is just Times Square. Right. right and right, that's right. what I thought. Seriously. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I, there's no place to live in New York. Like, where that's not lights everywhere. But there are places. So if anybody is debating moving to New York, there's no way to I'd live say, that's move. cheap, but you can live in there's New York. There's no way to live that's cheap. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Even crazy. the places that should be cheap aren't cheap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then from SN, now I'm curious because SNY, obviously you're doing TV mm-hmm. and, the, and the podcast and it is local. And then you go to Bleacher, which yes, it's affiliated with Turner, mm-hmm. but it's still a website and there's still that thing about like you go from TV to a website. Mm-hmm. Was that any issue for you at all? Yeah, it was something I thought about, but right now the digital space is like the thriving space. Like that's where everybody gets their news. Like content really is king right now, that digital content. 
And also, if I learned one thing at SNY, it's like when your interview is good and your work's good, it'll be everywhere. Right, right. Like it will be on TV too. Yeah. Um, it's just about making interviews that everybody wants to see. And like Bleach Report has really perfected that craft of like getting a clip that matters with someone saying something that matters and then making you then want to see the full thing. Yeah. And that's kind of what the goal is with, with my show. But yeah, I in the beginning I was like, you know, should I go digital? But I know for sure like digital yeah. is the place to be. Well, also, you could always keep in the back of your head that, I mean, they are with Turner for sure. and CNN. So there's going to be TV opportunities, And they give I'm such sure. good support, too, yeah, yeah. with the show. And you'll see it on Inside the NBA and different yeah. things like that. So it's been good. It's funny because you've mentioned social media a couple of times. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure you I, I shouldn't say I'm sure you're aware, but I looked at your Wikipedia page and they have a sentence on there that says she is a well-known stable on social media <laughs> sites such as Twitter and Instagram. Isn't okay. That, isn't isn't that who a, makes Wikipedia? Like now, isn't who wrote that? that? A hell of a sentence to have on your Wikipedia page. It's wild because, like, to people, that's like a good thing. Like, that's a check on your resume. I mean, I don't know. I guess, um, I guess, like, maybe have a lot of followers on those sites. So what is what is? Because I feel like, tell me if you agree. I I, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I've been on social media a long time. I'm sure you probably mm-hmm. have to. Yeah. You go like in ups and downs and ups and flows and, you know, there's days you hate it. There's days it's yeah. fun. I, you know, I think if you're a woman in this business, you probably have a whole different experience on there. For than sure. Man, what, uh, like, way do you, like, is it something that you know you have to do for your job so you're constantly monitoring it? Do you need breaks from it? What's like, how do you handle all that? Yeah, well, it's definitely something I know I have to do for my job. Yeah. And I have, there for me, there's so many pros of social media, like, in a lot of ways, social media has helped my career so much. They spread the clips, they retweet the clips, they right. comment on the clips, like, that's what makes them bigger. Um, so as many disadvantages as there are to Twitter and Instagram, there really is just as many advantages. Okay. And I enjoy social media. I do think that it is like the best in people and the worst in people. And that's kind of what you have yeah. to keep in your mind. Um, but I don't know. I don't really say I take breaks from social media because I never want to give something like that that much power that yeah. I feel like I got to get off it or I'm going to, yeah. you know, I just use it when I use it and I try my best not to live on it. I used to be on it way more than I am right. now. Now it's like if there's something going on, I want to see people are saying, I'll wake up, check the news. But yeah, it's it's the wow, wow west on but the internet. Have you had any really bad negative experiences with it or has it been mostly positive I wouldn't say negative. I right. mean, there's always like mean comments or like yeah. ridiculous people saying yeah. things. Maybe the thing, the thing that I would say probably annoys me the most sometimes about social media is like you're always seen as like a woman first and a journalist second. Right. So if I'm posting an interview or something, it's like, dang, you look good in this video, or like everybody wants to talk about that. Right. It's like this is actually like a really good interview. Right, Can right, we right. listen to it and look at it? Right. You know. That's annoying, but I haven't had any crazy negative oh, parts to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, also, I mean, I think it depends on what you put out there a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, like, I talk a lot about, like, social issues and stuff. Right. I talked a lot about, like, Colin Kaepernick and racism in sports and mm-hmm. stuff. And there's always, like, the extreme people that then want to, like, call you names or whatever. That doesn't bother me. But if anything, it's just more sad that that's, just, that's our reaction to yeah. things that we disagree with. Like, I see things on the Internet I disagree with all the time. And there's ways to have, like, a respectful discussion about those things. It just sucks that people jump to being, like, disrespectful right. in, in a situation where it doesn't have to be that way. I, um, I mean, I know she's a huge lightning rod, but I remember 
looking at some of the tweets Jamel Hill would get when she yeah. was in the Trump thing. And I mean, I don't know. Part of me is like, listen, everyone in this business, if you're a public figure, you put stuff out there, you got to expect some heat. But this was like another level. And I, I don't understand how Twitter allows it. I just, right. I just don't. I just don't understand. It's how just they bullying. It. And, but really just over the top, like mm-hmm. not even, you know, I, I don't know how she does it. I give her credit. For I, sure. Because I would not be able to deal with that day in and day out. Like, it really is harassment. Like it really isn't yes. even just bullying. Yeah. It's it's harassment. Um, but I don't know. Like I know people always say, you know, you signed up for this. But like, no, we didn't. Like you right. don't sign up. <laughs> right. Like you don't sign up for that. Right. Listen, you we're if you do what we do, you got to expect a few. You know, you're an idiot. You're an asshole. Yeah. I hate you. You suck. You can't write. Like that's all sort of like I got it. Mm-hmm. But then it goes. But I, I when it goes to the other levels of just yeah. Obviously, anything if it, you know racist or mm-hmm. threats. I, I don't know. I just don't understand how Twitter right. allows it. It's just mind boggling. Because sure. like I want people to disagree with me. You know, like I'm totally fine with anyone who says like. I don't think Kaepernick should have kneeled. That's great. Like, right, I'm not right. here to change your mind on that. I want right. to hear your opinion on it. Right. But when you're, like, saying things that have nothing to do with an argument and you're name-calling and you're just being rude and ridiculous, that's when I kind of draw the line. You said, you said that if you put a video out or whatever, there's always a comment about how you look or you're dressing, mm-hmm. how you're dressing. With that going on, do you feel like, okay, I got to do, like, you know, doubly a good job. That was a really bad phrase there. <laughs> Um, so people can like focus on the interview or you just, you can't pay attention to it because those people are like a lost cause already and they're not going to change their mind. I think it's twofold. I do think that a lot of them are lost causes. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also think that, like I said, when the interview is good, people are going to listen, but I've had really, really good interviews where it still happens. And there was this time, like I was thinking about, okay, Maybe if I like sit at a desk, it won't matter. But then I'm like, it's not my job to make people comfortable. Like I'm not doing anything. Like I'm wearing pants and a turtleneck. And everyone's like, dang, look at her. Like at this point, it doesn't matter what I do. And it's just like, that's not my place. They could put you in a desk, behind a desk. And you're still going to get, those people are not going to not make that comment. They are still going to be immature. They're still going to be someone who says, oh, he's looking at you like he like you. Like, no, he's not. He's answering the question. Like, (laughs) you know, like it does. It doesn't well, matter at all who it is. Athletes, <laughs> athletes do have a reputation. Like it's not. <laughs> no offense. I'm not saying it just because it's you. I mean, I think yeah. anytime there's any athlete getting interviewed by a woman, there's always this perception, and mm. not because of the woman. Just you know, especially if you're yeah. in this business, you've hear, you've heard the stories about athletes. But they, like, how wild is that? Like that those are things that I have to think about. But like, right. you could be interviewing whoever, and you know, you're not going to be subjected to comments that are like, right. "Oh, he went to risk it all." Or like, why are you looking at him like that? It's like I'm right. looking at him the way I look at you. If I, I get, you I get comments like that when I talk about Derek Jeter, people are like, "Stop <laughs> being in love with Derek Jeter." But whatever, it's a, it's a little different. No, I. I um, Derek Jeter and The Rock, I tweet about them constantly, and I always get. The oh, Rock is yeah. a, like a pretty cool guy. He seems like a very nice guy. He, he's my dream podcast guest. Who's your really? dream guest? Yes, who's your dream? Serena. Serena. Oh my goodness, Serena. You get Serena. I hope like one day I'm gonna do it. Not Actually, even hope. No. I know one day in my lifetime I will interview. She has Serena. enough endorsements where like you'll get during the Super Bowl. Serena was. I would get emails daily from Bumble. Serena was like pitching Bumble. Like she was the spokesperson. Like the for dating it. app? Yes. And I'm wow. thinking to myself, well, first of all, 
should the spokesperson for Bumble be married? Doesn't that sort of contradict the whole <laughs> She's thing? She's not on Bumble anymore. Right. But she was like the spokesperson for it and they you know, they didn't offer interviews, obviously, but you know, they um they used her in their like marketing and stuff. So really? maybe there'll be know. some company that she's doing, you know, endorsements for and then you get Serena. Fingers crossed. Like um, that's for sure my my dream interview. Have you have you had interviews where you're like, Oh my god, that was terrible. That was really bad. I'm sure I've had more like times I was on TV and been like, oh, damn, that was bad. I don't know if I've had an interview I walked away with that, but I remember- That's pretty, I mean, if, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. No, I, I don't think I've had like a- I've few... had so many. <laughs> <laughs> You've also been doing this longer than me. Uh, I'm going to have that interview well, no, that I was had, so bad. Like, I had Gronk on. I, I've interviewed Gronk I, uh, probably like five or six times, and he's usually great, mm-hmm. and he's a good guy, but I had him on one time where it was through Tide, mm-hmm. and like I'd be like, so tell me about like- you know, a prank you and Tom Brady have played it, and he'd be like, "Oh well, you know, I love Tide Pods," and I'd be like, "Okay," and then I'd be like, "All right, tell me how you how's your injury?" And he's <laughs> and like, "Well, he's t- like when I do my laundry with Tide, and I like I'm like I'm not running this interview, like I yeah. didn't even run it." So okay, yeah, no, I haven't had something that I yeah. can't run yet, but I've just had times on TV that I really messed up. Like, remember when I first moved to New York? My sports are football and basketball, both right. pro and college. That's what I like, and some baseball. I don't watch hockey. I know really nothing Same. about it. Yeah. And I guess this guy is like pretty legendary here. Messier. <laughs> are you, are you, I wonder, are you, I don't know if you're kidding or if you're being serious right no, now. No, I know he's legendary here. I, I mean, I'm not a hockey guy, when but I yes. When I first he's... got to New York, though, I did not. And I don't remember, I said his name wrong. It wasn't like a butcher, Uh-oh. but it wasn't right. And that I was like, oh, I'm gonna get killed for this, especially in New York. That's Wasn't not good. good. That's yeah. not good. That Tyler. was not good. That's probably like a time I remember, like shit, and, and, I didn't. Do and that and well. did you get the heat on social media? Not as much as I thought. Right. You know, because people don't care. Then we fixed it. Yeah. Because people know? don't care about hockey. Yeah. That's yeah. What Luckily. Yeah. 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 And I would have never messed up, you know, if football you or basketball. If you would have went on SNY and been like, oh, Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter went three yeah. for four. <laughs> You would not have been I've able been to check done. total media that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hockey, you get away with it. But now I'll never forget it. I'll yeah, never yeah. forget it. <laughs> yeah, he is a legendary figure here. There's no doubt <laughs> yes. about that. I learned so much about sports that, like I didn't really watch just yeah. working at SY, which was really cool. So you're doing a lot of interviews now to promote the show, mm-hmm. or you are? Yeah. I do, do you like being stuff. interviewed? Because <laughs> an interviewer gets interviewed, I always think it's kind of weird. It is weird. Yeah. It's weird, but I do. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I do prefer asking the questions. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I try to like find some comfort in is like whenever I'm interviewing somebody who I know is also in media, the interview is so always so much easier because yeah, like yeah. we'll talk and talk. So I hope I'm making the interview easy. For yeah, you. no, it's we're having a conversation. It's <laughs> yeah. great. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. It's, you know, I don't like to just do like Question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. It gets so boring. Yeah, and even with athletes, I think once it's hard, you have to know them a little bit, Mm -hmm. and then once you do and you get in groove, you have like a conversation, and it's always it's always much better. Way better for sure. Yeah, I think, and I think that's the main thing. Like making it feel like a conversation gives you answers that you would get in a conversation. Making it feel like an interview will give you press conference interview answers. Is the sh- is there like a time limit? Because it's the internet. Is mm-hmm. it the show like thirty minutes? Can you go as long as short as you want? How does yeah, that work? Yeah, I mean, we really could make it as long as we want. That's I would say that the it. episodes will probably be like fifteen to twenty. Okay. Um, but yeah, we could do whatever if we had an interview that was so good. Like for example, with 
Damian Lillard, we sat with him for like an hour, Saquon. It was an hour and a half. Like, But then you just get the best stuff. Right. And, you know, we always have talks about, should we then at the end of the season release like the best you've never seen yeah. or something like that? But um, we, we've gotten some really like good stuff yeah. that will be able to be condensed well. And is the show, is that your only gig for Bleach Report? Are you doing other things? It's just the show? And- just the show. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll do the um, Twitter show with Turner. Okay. They right. do like a yeah, show yeah. during the Thursday night games. Um but this show is taking up so much of yeah. my time because we travel. So you go to we the right, go. right, and so you have. Did like you go to Portland? For- went to Portland. Right. Uh, we went to Utah for Rudy Gobert. We went to Washington for Lana Deladon. We interviewed Saquon at his home in L.A. He was training out in L.A. Uh, we went to Philly for Jimmy Butler. So right. it's a lot of travel, but my frequent flyer miles thank me. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so you have like. So it sounds like you have like five episodes yeah. done, and then are you getting ready for more? Yes, and no. we have lots lined up, but you know, like you never want to say it no, until I, you have it in the can. But we definitely lesson. have yeah. very like yeah. exciting guests. Yeah, lined well, that's up. great. I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to it, and um, should be exciting. I think Thank you. I I could just tell by your personality that you'll do you'll do an interview where it's not. The same old, same old. So much of this business is the same old, same old. Like you just want something different every now and again. And I think the things that are different, Mm -hmm. whether it's like Katie Nolan or whether it's Scott Van Pelt on ESPN or love them. Anyone who's like different end up. You know, I I love Good Morning Football. The starters on NBA. Mm -hmm. Anything that's different is what I sort of gravitate to because it's just so much the same. Yeah, I could tell your interviewing style will be different than the. Yeah, thank you, and I and I I think it will be. I really, truly believe you will watch it and think that like you're there and you're just hanging out. And that's one of the reasons I really like this slice of life component is because that really gives you the feel that that you're in that room. Like we're just playing spades with like Jimmy and his three best friends, and it just feels very organic. And they all feel that way. I hope they will. (laughs) All right. Well, I uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to take it there with Taylor Rooks Mm -hmm. debuts this week. Yes. Yes. So just anytime you're on BleachReport.com, you can find it. You can find it on BleachReport.com. You can find it on Bleacher Report YouTube channel. You can find it on the BR app. You can find it on IGTV. It's everywhere. We went through this before and it's on the free BR app. Yes. The the free BR app. I know. I know Bleacher Report has the paid app. Everyone's Mm -hmm. all about the paid app Take take it there for everybody. This is free. This is free. (laughs) Anything that's free, you just take. It's crazy. Crazy, like this whole all these streaming apps. It's mm-hmm. you know, I know Bleacher. At least Bleacher, they have game. You know, they I know they have soccer on there and stuff yeah. like that. But man, I'm tired of all this streaming yeah. stuff. Like it's becoming tired of crazy. taking your wallet out. I feel you. Oh, Apple feel now you. is going to have their streaming thing with Oprah. Yes, so which you, I'm tuned you, in. You're Oprah gonna can that, take my yeah, money. Yeah. She she can have it you're all. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> all right, well, I appreciate you coming in. Very I appreciate nice you, you having come, me. Yeah, anytime and. uh I uh, wish you luck. Thanks. Yes, and uh, please tell Sal I said hi. I will tell Sal. <laughs> my buddy Sal Akata works at SNY. Works hi, with Sal Akata. Sal, SNY, I'm, I'm a Yankee fan. I would watch SNY because I like, you know, I know Mark Malusis and a couple of the other guys there. They, SNY for a local network does a really good job with they their stuff. Definitely, they definitely, really definitely do. There's yeah. so many like really creative minds there. Everybody has like a vision for what they want the network to be. So it's a great place and I love the It's people. rough for them because they're the Mets station. The Mets are always bad this right. year. It looks like they'll be good yeah. if their pitchers stay healthy. So maybe this will be a good year for SNY there. For so. sure. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Taylor. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. All right. This is WrestleMania week, the biggest week of the year for the WWE. The Super Bowl of wrestling, as they say. So there is nobody better to speak to than the authority on wrestling news, the publisher and editor of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer. Dave, how are you? 
I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for uh, coming on. This is the big week here. So, well, let me start with that. Um, you follow this obviously since the beginning. WrestleMania still a spectacle for the WWE. The business of WrestleMania is, is it bigger than ever still with the company? Well, it's different than ever. I mean, as far as like the live gate for the Met Life Stadium is probably going to is going to be the biggest in the history of pro wrestling, and probably by a, a pretty significant degree because wow. they 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 can raise the ticket prices. They've been raising the ticket prices, and demand for live tickets is through the roof. Yeah. Um, because they're no longer on pay-per-view and they're in the WWE Network, it's different. Yeah. You know, um, a WrestleMania might have done, you know, anywhere from 500 to 850,000 buys in the United States alone, and, you know, upwards of a million, if you include worldwide, at a price of, you know, like $75, whereas now... Yeah, it'll be on the WWE Network probably the day of WrestleMania. The you know it might be it might be 1.8 million, might be 1.9 million uh, subscribers, but that's at 9.99. So overall, that you you can't com- the business can't compare to the pay per view era. There will never be another show probably for a long, long time where all the revenue you know comes close to what Rock and John Cena did years ago. Right, uh, and just in time for WrestleMania, John Oliver of HBO did a. I think it was 23 minutes segment on wow, yeah. <laughs> wrestlers, the WWE superstars not being employees of Vince McMahon and being independent contractors and basically painted an ugly picture of, of what they have to go through as uh, independent contractors. I'm not gonna, I don't want to rehash the piece because we've all seen it. Um, what I want to ask you is because you, you have you, you no one has more inside information than you. Do you know? Do we know yet how Vince reacted to that piece? I know they put out a statement inviting him to WrestleMania, but I'd love to know if you know what was the mood with Vince, Triple H, Stephanie after that segment. You know, I, I, it's funny. I don't even. I mean, I know that they would be unhappy, but I haven't really. You know, they were so busy yesterday putting together the last TVs, right? And the people who I talked to, like it, it was everything about the TVs. But yes, were they unhappy? Did they feel they didn't get their side? Yes. As far as like. You know what they were doing. I think they were concentrating on other things, really. Yeah. They, now, WWE said they they reached out to Oliver with some facts that he did not get right. Do we know what what they? Wanted? No, I no. I actually asked about that and did not get an answer of what the the facts are, or what the statements were. You know, um, other than I know that they were in their people and the producers of the piece were in long discussions um, prior to the piece airing, and I guess they felt that their points were not their you know, points that they made uh, were not addressed on the piece. What was your take on the piece? Oh, uh, you know, it's men's comedy, so it's really hard. I, I when I watched it, I laughed a lot. Yeah, you know, because I thought some of the stuff was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's legitimate stuff in there for sure. Um, a lot of the stuff was, uh, you know, I mean, the, the business has changed so much in so many ways. And I mean, if you're talking about the business of even nine years ago, you know, it was probably as bad as they, you know. Push, you know, made it, and, and in some ways maybe even worse. But it has changed for the better. But, you know, again, some of the points, the talent, you know, is, is I, I don't think the talent gets, if you compare what athletes and other sports get, do they get a fair uh, chunk of the revenue pie? They do not. Um, should they be employees? Of course they should. They're not independent contractors in any way, shape, or form, right. in my mind. So, I mean, those points were valid points. You know, a lot of people, you know, 
I don't like to be one of those people who like looks at a piece and I can nitpick the small things and believe me I can on this one and and then use that to say oh everything is wrong in it there was there was valid stuff in there and then there was some stuff that was kind of on a dated you know dated in there yeah and I and I also thought he maybe he portrayed it as a very um I, like you said yes they should be employees I'm not trying to dispute would dispute that um and whatever you feel about Vince, obviously there's a lot of issues there. But I do think a, a lot of wrestlers would tell you that he has helped them in ways, whether it's paying for rehab or you know trying oh, to yeah. get you know. It's, he, he, go ahead. He, yeah, he's not a monster, you know, or anything like that. And I guess if you watch that because of the that old Armin Katan clip, which yeah. I, I you know I hadn't seen that in probably like whatever it was, fourteen years. Right. And at the time, because Vince was kind of a crazy guy in a lot of ways. I mean, it was still kind of shocking then, but it, it fit into my kind of mentality. Well, Vince could do this. But when you watch it now and you think about Vince today and you see that clip, it's like, and also watching it with 2019 eyes where, you know, CEOs are a lot more conservative about making spectacles of themselves, like, you know, compared to whatever it is 15 years ago or whatever the year was, more than 15 years ago. It's like um, that clip where he was just like, we had nothing to do with any of these deaths right. and we take no responsibility. And he slaps the thing. He came off really bad in that clip. When I watched it, I goes, oh, my God, yeah. he looked bad there. I, it's a great clip. I like the one, though, when he, when he threatened to beat up Bob Costas a little better. That was, that was my favorite. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. Uh, I, you know, and it was interesting. I thought there was, like you said, if you're going to – I thought Oliver did a good job, at, you know, laying it out. It is weird, like you said, when they, they mix in some jokes, although I thought the Michael P.S. Hayes line was phenomenal. Um <laughs> And it was a little sloppy, you know. They ran a graphic about Randy Savage's death, but he died in a car accident, so that really didn't. Well, well, he he, he had a heart attack while driving a car. Okay. So it wasn't like it wasn't like the, it was a, a car accident. Okay, that's my mistake then. Okay. So yeah. so um, but yeah, you know, um, I mean, they're you know, like they, they they listed a couple of deaths, and you know, like they had Bundy who just died, who was sixty one, and, and I mean, you could endlessly list guys under forty five, which they didn't do. Right. Um, you know, and and. You know, they you know they they could have like harped on the deaths because the the young deaths of pro wrestlers not as much now but but certainly like ten years ago it was horrible. Yeah. I mean, it really yeah. was. Yeah, it does seem like it has slowed down, which it absolutely has. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's different. You know, I mean, people pass away in wrestling, but they're now now they're in their seventies and eighties. And it also seems like part. the wrestlers today are more conscious about taking care of themselves in terms of what they eat and working out and. Um, absolutely so that's i think that's a big absolutely fact. and also the you know before it was so much dependent upon how you looked yeah so the impetus to use steroids was so high and now it really is about how you perform i mean how you look is important but you know i mean one of the things people number number one i think that a lot of the young wrestlers have seen what happened to the older generation mm -hmm. and don't want to make those mistakes so they don't get as carried away with whether whether it was painkillers or steroids right um you don't you don't see that and also you know they've uh, guys don't want to get hurt, and one of the things about the guys on steroids is they were getting hurt a lot. I mean, the guys now get hurt for other reasons. They actually, still they still get hurt, but it's different kinds of injuries now than yeah. compared to before. Yeah. Now it's a lot of knee injuries and shoulder injuries. Then it was a lot of torn muscles. Yeah, uh, Vince himself tearing, tearing the quad at Royal Rumble. It's two it's, quads two in quads. the same day. Exactly. Um, My God. Yeah. yeah. Triple H famously tearing quads on TV. Um, yeah. Before Mania, I want, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is the WWE deal with Fox. They've, I've heard a couple, of, I've seen a couple of things. They probably come from your newsletter 
uh, two issues. One about maybe Fox was having cold feet because the ratings for Raw have been really bad, and maybe I haven't were... heard anything. I haven't heard anything on that, but but the ratings from for, for SmackDown, um, you know, certainly have declined significantly since the deal was signed. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I haven't heard cold feet. I know I know people have speculated, but I, I haven't heard that. But um, yeah. So the plan as of now is to still have SmackDown on Fox. SmackDown on Fox, two hours, eight to ten on Friday, starting October fourth. Yeah, October fourth. And there was a rumbling I saw about Fox maybe wanting it to not be PG and to maybe take it to. I, I haven't know. heard that. I haven't okay. heard that either. Okay. I, I, the only thing I heard was that they wanted um, because it's part of a block in Thursday NFL and and uh, Saturday right. um, and you know like the whole weekend of you know football and all there all that that they wanted um, you know conducive to sports. I mean, not a sport. It's not a sports show, but maybe something that wouldn't be embarrassing for sports people to plug. You know what I mean? It's gonna be so so um, I, I had heard like maybe more of a sports influence on the show. Gotcha. I hadn't heard more risque or anything like that. That, you know, I mean, that's probably going to be dependent upon a lot of different factors of, you know, ratings and things like that. And again, it's kind of like what they're going to do on Fox. It's in so many more homes than before, but it's also on a Friday, which is a lot worse night than a Tuesday. So how does that all wash out? And also Fox does real well on Friday nights. So um, they're they're gonna you know I think the the bar of of what they need to do is you know in the it, well into the three millions and they're right at about low two millions so they're gonna need a big increase you know and they will get an increase going on Fox but but you know some of that will also blow back because they're gonna lose a lot of viewers being on Friday. It's also gonna be fascinating. I mean to hear Joe Buck reading those promos for SmackDown. I cannot wait to hear that. But and I and I do think listen you can't I, I'm not saying it's gonna increase the numbers to three million i would never i would never ever even be so dumb as to predict that but you're gonna you're gonna smackdown promoted non-stop on thursday night football you're gonna get a nice little bump i think from that absolutely that, and that i think that's one thing that no one is really i don't say no one is thinking about but it's not really being talked about is they're going to be promoted in front of you know like yeah on thursday night football in front of millions and millions of people yeah. they're going to have the credibility of being um on fox that a lot more people can see so there's an impetus there with the greater exposure that in theory should help other aspects of the business like the live shows yeah. because you know um you know you're i think you're a more credible product when you're on a network yeah and i wouldn't be shocked to see some of the uh WWE people maybe like pop up on the pregame and halftime show, especially in the beginning of the season, to promote it. I I would expect that for sure. Well, exactly, and and also Fox because they have so much money invested, having these guys all over the network, which in turn then makes them bigger stars. Yeah, and bigger stars, and people will pay more money for their merchandise and to see them live. So there's a synergistic effect that's a lot more than just okay, they're getting X number more dollars in television rights. This would also increase their business across the board yeah all right let's let's go to mania i have a, a bunch of topics i'll just throw them right at at you and we can go rapid fire here and try to cover as much for the listeners as possible uh first ever women's main event obviously becky lynch charlotte flair and ronda rousey i f- listen i give wwe full credit for doing it but i feel like they had no choice i mean they could have gone rollins lesnar as the main event but i don't feel like that match has any juice the company right now is all about becky lynch and nothing else was there any other option for wwe as the main event? i mean that was the option but it was such a weak option like i mean for the last year the idea that next year was going you know coming out of last year's wrestlemania because of ronda rousey the idea that you're, you're going to main event next year has always been talked about and i always thought it's been favored 
Um, but, you know, Vince sometimes, um, you know, you never know what's going to happen over the course of a year. Somebody might get hot. Somebody might get hurt. But, you know, when everything came down, I always figured that this is how they would go. And, and yeah, it's the right call for sure. Now, did they did they plan on Ronda being a heel or did that have to happen because of what happened with Becky Lynch's popularity? Yeah, they did not plan on turning Ronda Rousey heel, but um, fans did it. And a lot of this, the one interesting thing about this show is that this show was very much driven by the fans as much as Vince McMahon. I mean, ultimately, it's Vince McMahon's decisions across the board. But if you look at, like, Kofi Kingston in the match with Daniel Bryan, that was not their idea by any way. You know, they had had completely different plans for that match, but Kofi Kingston got hot. Becky Lynch, um, you know, I mean, she's been in the plans since about November for the match, but the original plans, you you know, there were plans for this dating back, you know, since April. And and she wasn't even in the picture till November for that match. So, yeah, the fans and 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 Ronda was supposed to be the babyface um, in that match. So yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the fans, you know, spurred on a lot of changes. What what is the internal feeling that you hear from WWE people off the record um, about Rousey and how she's done? I I feel like. You know, it's frightening when she gets the microphone in her hand, but other people think it's great. And I mean, I think it's rough, but that's just me. What 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 is like inside WWE? What do they think about her? Uh, the people who I know that know her love her. Right. <laughs> um, as far as a performer, she has a certain intensity that like pretty much nobody can match. As far as like in the ring, she can make her matches feel real. She's got that stare. I mean, she's progressed as far as in the ring at a level quicker than, you know, almost anyone. I mean, and, and even from day one, even last year's WrestleMania, even though the whole thing was laid out and everything like that, I mean, I, I, you know, who's had, I mean, who's had a debut match that good? And, and every pay-per-view, for the most part, she's delivered. She's delivered some phenomenal performances. Yeah. Mike Work, yeah, you know, I mean, Mike yeah. Work is, is, is interesting. It's different. She's very passionate, but sometimes what she says is, crazy <laughs> you know so well and also you, uh, she also botches the promo sometimes which yeah you know, yeah well last she, week she did she, that she goes she goes too fast yeah 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 but but that's just her i mean she's her you know i mean she's just a very uh she's a unique person that you get you know the good with the bad and is, I mean, she, in the, is she done after mania that's a real good question mm-hmm. i mean the original commitment would you know she's not booked on anything or advertised on anything after monday okay so so um, it looks that way. I mean, but, you know, the plan, you know, when I first heard it was like she's done right after WrestleMania, and I haven't heard different, but I was always told, you know, Vince, I mean, right, right, the right. week of WrestleMania, he's going to come in because he's done with Lesnar on more than one occasion where Lesnar was done, gave notice, he's out of there, and then all of a sudden, that week of the show, Vince makes a deal and they stay. So yeah. I never say an absolute, but last word I heard, Monday, Monday would be it, yeah. Will we see The Undertaker at WrestleMania 35? That's a real good question. I've heard conflicting stories on that. So um, the people who I know the best say no, but I know people who are on the inside that say maybe. you know. Um, but Undertaker's coming back. So it would, to me, it makes sense with Undertaker coming back in June or, or a little before June, maybe in May, to shoot an angle that leads to that return. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's such a loaded show with so much, but 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised, but so, I can't say for sure. So when you say he's coming back, is he coming back to do, what, a limited schedule? Yeah, it was just, just, just to do a match on the next Saudi Arabia show. Oh, okay, okay. Is he, did, uh, did I see something, he's starting a podcast? I don't, I cannot believe that for one second. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, there were the rumors that him and Conrad Thompson, but I asked Conrad Thompson, and Conrad Thompson said no. Oh, okay, you know, okay. But I don't think, yeah, I don't, Undertaker with the podcast would be kind of weird. Yeah. I love that you speak to Conrad. I'm a I'm a big something to wrestle with podcast listener. So it's funny to me that you oh. speak to Conrad when you know Bruce and I guess you and Bruce have <laughs> yeah. some issues. Yeah. Let's just say I know that. I'm a bad guy on his shows, yeah. but but yeah. yeah, no, I get along with Conrad real well. Do you? I, I'll go off the beaten path for one second. Do you listen to uh, something to wrestle with in 83 weeks every week to hear what they say about you, or you oh, just no. you get no, it on Twitter? I don't have time for that, and, right. and that show I wouldn't listen to anyway. You know, because there's nothing there's nothing to it for me. I don't. I can't live 20 years ago, you know what right. I mean? And, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, stuff I reported 20 years ago was what it was. Right. I mean, it's like I'm a good reporter. I'm like a really good reporter. So the idea that, like, if, if, if anything I reported then wasn't true, I mean, Eric, not just Eric, but everyone in WCW that I talked to, which was everyone, right. they would have gone, hey, you know, you missed this one. So the next week could be corrected. If it's something that hasn't been corrected in 20 years ago, he's trying to give some other story, that's, you know, it couldn't be true because... Again, you know, it's like this is the publication of record, and you know, I'm real good at correcting even the smallest things. So that, that's why, like to me, it's just like, you know, that's that's his issue, and it, it again that that even you know that that so that's my thing on that. The Bruce shows I sometimes listen to because I find Bruce real entertaining. Yeah. Um, but um, right. you know, yeah, I like that. Um, all right, back to Mania. I had to get that in there. Uh, Cena, will we see Mr. John Cena? Um, yeah, he's in. He's already in town, okay. so we'll see him. Right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. It's a really that's one of the best kept secrets they've ever had is, yeah. is who John Cena's wrestling. I, you know, um, I mean, even people who knew everything on the card were either not telling or saying they didn't know, like what the Cena match is, and it it hasn't been. You know, we had our last Raw last night, so there's no promotion of it. He's right. going to show up, and right. whatever his match is, it's going to be something. It might be Elias. I could see that, um, but. I know the other ideas have been talked about for Elias, too, so I don't know what it's going to be. I'm fascinated by how fascinated John Cena has become in this in the past year or so. As, you know, take, you know, he's been away, and the fans were sick of him, and they've always, you know, they got sick of him, and they would boo him, and, but he's sort of now in that post-wrestling world, and I feel like the fans appreciate him now a little more, maybe, and... He's a very interesting guy, I think. Well, you know, here, here's the thing. When wrestlers get older, mm-hmm. um, they, they, they get, people get really nostalgic for them. That's like when, with Ric Flair. You know, when every time Ric Flair tried to turn heel when he was older, it never worked, even though Ric Flair is technically a fantastic heel. Yeah. Because people just don't want to boo guys that they've watched for years and years and years. And it took Cena a long time to get there. But now, you know, now that he's in his 40s, people kind of look back and go, Man, he really did work hard, and he really did have good matches, and and he, you know, he was yeah. a great rep for the company, and, and very, I mean, all those very things. Good so it's guy. like yeah. you you kind of forgot, like, why did we boo him again? Oh yeah, yeah, because he was pushed, but boy, he was really good carrying the company. Yeah. Maybe you know, let's face it, who else who else should have been pushed ahead of him? Nobody at that time. Right, very good guy, very interesting guy too. Away from WWE, uh, you mentioned Flair. Uh, is does is Rick's health in a position where he can possibly get involved in the main event at WrestleMania? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think they're going to put they'll put him in the ring. I mean, even even if he could, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't muck yeah. up that match. Okay. And then you mentioned Cena. A lot of people thought Cena would be wrestling Kurt Angle. I cannot believe they're giving 
Kurt Angle's last match to Baron Corbin is. I thought it would change last night on Monday Night Raw. It didn't. That's still the plan. God, you know, the day they announced it, I kept saying, "There's no way this is happening." And that's horrible you know, for Kurt. It's like, it's like, what's what's the idea? And it's like, no, it's really happening. This one's not going to change. I mean, they may, you know, who knows? Maybe someone will show up, and yeah. but yeah, that you know, everyone says the same thing. That what you just said, it was my initial reaction. It's kind of like it's his last match, and you're going to put it with Baron Corbin. But we'll, you know, he will wrestle Baron Corbin. Yeah. Hopefully, it will be really short, and then hopefully something happens, and yeah. maybe you know, maybe it'll be somebody else. I don't know. Biggest storyline blunder in WWE history for me was when they dropped the Kurt Stephanie Triple H love triangle storyline. They had something there, and then it went away. And they, I thought maybe mm-hmm. if Kurt came back, they'd do something, but they blew it in my opinion. Here, that's 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 up there. I mean, yeah. when people talk about that, that's definitely yeah. up there. It was. Yeah, the idea that Kurt would uh, ditch Triple H, for, I mean, um, Stephanie would ditch Triple H for Kurt, yeah. seemed like the natural progression of that, and then they would get back together later, yeah. but they just didn't do it. They had that kiss, and the, cr- the crowd was crowd was wild for that. Um, you mentioned surprises. Any chance we see Rob Gronkowski at WrestleMania? I haven't heard anything on that. Um, I mean, he retired I mean, and right away. Everyone's like, oh, he's going to be in the WWE. Which I don't believe. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think that he'll ever be in the WWE full time. But yeah. the idea of going in there and doing a, a match here and there, like a like a Lesnar, I could absolutely see that he likes it, you know, yeah. and they love him. So I, you know, the only reason I would say no is maybe his body's in a state that he doesn't want to yeah. do that because that's what happened, like with with jo- uh, James Laurinaitis and with Kevin Green and some of those guys that. You know, wrestling wanted them. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Green was really good at wrestling. James Laurinaitis had the background and the family members in wrestling. But after football was over, they didn't want to do wrestling because of the, you know, if, if they wanted to beat up their body, they'd have played another year in the NFL. Right, right. That, yeah, I could see Gronk being a special attraction type of deal, but I, I don't see him being on Monday Night Raw every week. Um, well, he shouldn't be anyway. But yeah. yeah, no, as far as like a one-time thing or a one-match, I, yeah, I could see that. Yeah especially if he wants to do it. Um, you know, another guy was like D'Angelo Williams, who was absolutely great at pro wrestling. Yep. Um, and he did one match, and I thought, oh, man. I mean, this guy is, is like the natural of all naturals, like Ronda Rousey or Kurt Angle. And he was just like, uh, you know, uh, you know I, I, mean, I guess his body was beat up from the NFL. I was like, I'm only going to do it once, and he never did another one. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Cu- a couple of more before we wrap. Dean Ambrose, is he done with WWE? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure the date, but it's in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah. And unless he changes his mind, which could which always can happen. Yeah. Cuz like there's been a lot, you know, like I said with Brock, there've been so many times when Brock was done going back to UFC and he's still there. Since you mentioned Brock, what's his status? Is, is he what, he's still there? Inter- <laughs> but he has a do you know when he has a contract until is Oh, I don't even know when that when it is. Okay. I think he can I think he can pretty much, you know, uh, come and go as he pleases, pretty much. Um, he can go to and do the UFC fight. I know that he's going to be on the Saudi show. Right. Um, but, you know, UFC keeps talking about him and Daniel Cormier, but, you know, uh, and he's still, like, he's still getting drug tested by USADA. Mm-hmm. So anything's possible. He's, not clo- he's clearly not closing the door, and probably by not closing the door, it makes him more money with Vince anyway, because right. Vince knows that, hey, he can go and make $9 million in one night if, if we don't give him what he wants. Uh, last, well, maybe the last one, we'll see. Uh, obviously, the company for years made Roman, wanted Roman to be the top superstar. Then the leukemia happened, he went away, he's back. 
Uh, is the plan post mania? Because I know they they're easing him back. I had Roman on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he talked about easing back into the schedule. Uh, is the plan to make him the top guy again? I think so. I think that in the in the, you know I think that they still see him as far as on the male side of things as the one who's the most marketable, you know, the best all around for for what their purposes are. Uh, so yeah, I think that's going to you know it, him and Rollins will probably be the top. Uh, guys, you know, as far as on the male side, yeah. Are they, um, do you think they'd ever use the leukemia as a storyline? To a degree, they already have. Um, So, oh, if he goes and wins the title, will they use leukemia in in the pre and the post as the story? Absolutely. That's just what they do, yeah. Um, And and of the things they do, I I mean, it's actually true, so I, I can't mind them doing anything that's true. Sometimes they'll do stuff, you know, where you know, when they use somebody who died, which I guess is also true, but when they've done that, you know, right. sometimes I've done, you know, they've done that, and I, I, I really cringe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we're a long way away from the Brian Pillman days when that, that was going on. Yeah, I, the, I the, Eddie, the, the, the winning it for Eddie Guerrero for, for months and months and months yeah. got old, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, any, any predictions, any wild things we should do? Will there be a big surprise at Mania the Monday after there Raw? Are, there always is. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, the, Monday, the Monday after Raw now is even as big as Mania. So, um, do you? Ex- they may save some stuff there too. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you? Can you? Is there anything you have that you say maybe look out for this or? Lars Sullivan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lars Sullivan. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, I I know like I, I know that he's going to be back. He was he was get, he was supposed to wrestle Cena at WrestleMania, right. and perhaps he still will, but I doubt it because yeah. um, it's not hasn't been built up. But he was gone and. Um, yeah, I don't know when he's coming back. I don't even know 100% he's coming back, but I know he's probably coming back imminently, yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate it. I know wrestling fans will enjoy all the information. I want to have you back on, talk about really you know, what you do with the newsletter. But for WrestleMania week, we had to get to like the news and information. So uh, let's definitely get you back on the podcast. I would love that to chat more in-depthly about. There's always something to talk about with WWE. Never a dull moment. Uh, never you know. ends, yeah. yeah. Yeah, really. All right. Thanks for coming on, Dave. Appreciate it. Enjoy oh, WrestleMania. Okay. All right. Thank Take you. Care. All right, bye. Bye-bye. All right, my thanks to Dave Melter there from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, publisher and editor. Nobody better to talk to for WrestleMania week. And my thanks also to Taylor Rooks from Bleacher Report. Check out her new show. That wraps up this edition of the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. Please, if you are not a subscriber, hit that subscribe button app on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, anything. Hit the subscribe button. Helps a lot. We'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. Take care. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.